Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details um well charlie you know who played curtain i was um i was his manager before <laughs> really <laughs> 5 to 18 <laughs> And um, I made him play sweeper because I, I didn't want to be seen as one of those kind of coach dads. I didn't let him play up front. Comedians Talking About Football. Hello, welcome to Comedians Talking About Football, episode 12 with Paul Cooper, otherwise known as Martin Mucklow from this country, and he's chatting all things Fulham FC in this episode. I'm your host, Sam Michael, as always, and you're listening to the audio version of this podcast obviously but there is a video version that you can find on youtube just search comedians talking about football podcast paul cooper and we should pop up if you're new to the podcast why not give some of the previous episodes a go we've had some great guests including nathan caton mark olver jacob hawley sam white and many more there are some great guests on the way too so why not subscribe this was a great episode to record as i got to interview a cast member from one of my favorite comedy tv shows of all time and i'm not just saying that this country blew me away when it came to BBC3 in 2017. And it was great to ask Paul things that I'd always wanted to ask, like, how does it feel to be randomly approached one afternoon by your son and your daughter and be asked, Dad, fancy playing a peeping Tom in a BBC sitcom? Um, lots of this country chat, along with football chat. In fact, a bombshell for me in this episode was that apparently Swindon Town FC wasn't necessarily going to be the team that the character of Kerry Mucklow supported. Uh, oh, and we also found out that Paul and I went to the same school in Berkshire. <laughs> Not at the same time, mind you, but still, I'm, I was pretty happy to hear that I went to the same school as Martin Mucklow. So, yeah, I was well happy with that. Um, anyway, let's kick things off. This is Comedians Talking About Football, episode 12, and this is Paul Cooper talking about Fulham FC. Paul 
Paul Cooper, thanks so much for coming on Comedians Talking About Football. Welcome. My pleasure, Sam. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we're here today to talk about Fulham, of course, but I thought we'd jump straight in with something that people may not know about, and that is that you have a long history of working in football, and you're actually director of the Children's Football Alliance, who do some amazing work. How did that all come about? Um, well, Charlie, you know, who played Curtin, I was um, I was his manager before. <laughs> really? <laughs> five to 18. <laughs> and um, I made him play sweeper. Because I, I didn't want to be seen as one of those kind of coach dads. I didn't let him play up front for the 13 years he was there. Everyone else had a go, but no, you're not playing up front. And uh, so that's where I kind of got started. But I mean, I I, I was grew up, you know, with street football, you know. Um, I never had any coach ever, you know, and then went, went into kind of adult football, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday league and again didn't have any kind of coaches it was, you know we kind of coached ourselves so I was just really shocked you know by the kind of parents and this kind of um uh, Premier League for tots type kind of attitude you know it, was, it wasn't a children's game you know having yeah. substitutes and stuff like that so I started a thing called give us back our game uh with an American guy called Rick Fenoglio and he was the kind of the, the brains behind it he was uh, uh, head of sport at, at um, Metropolitan um, uh, in Manchester, Metropolitan. God, swallow me And um, so we kind of just had a bit of a campaign and it went absolutely mental. So we were on uh, Channel One, BBC One News, on, I was on the Red Sofa, Channel Four News. It was, we were on Sky in the panel discussion and, and just in every single broadsheet was absolutely huge. I was on Simon Mayo for about two hours and all these callers just telling me I was a freak. Um, <laughs> it was, and, and out of that, we, we met um, a guy called Ernie Brennan, who was a documentary maker. And he saw that this was just a campaign. It didn't really have roots. So we started, you know, he, he started the National Children's Football Alliance about 12 years ago now. Um, and we're, we're now a fully fledged charity. Um, so, it's all based around, again, talking of kind of street football and, and kids playground type football. It's everything is based around that game in um, one of the games, you know, in the Christmas truce, nineteen fourteen, mm. in uh, uh, you know, during a world war, and the Germans and the Allied soldiers played kind of football, um, which is extraordinary. So there's a peace pitch in in uh, Nazines, Belgium. And we bring kids, deprived kids from all around the world uh, there for a week. We play football and other games and stuff. And we twin pitches all around the world. So we were due, Charlie and I and, and, and the other director, were due to go out to Israel with a peace pitch, um, which is uh, a project with um, Israeli, uh, Jewish and Arab-Israeli kids. We've got one going up in the Falkland Islands, uh, one oh. in Japan. Just, just doing about to do Dennis Law pitch up in... Aberdeen, we've done um, George Best pitch, was brilliant on the Craigor Estate. Mm. Northern, we had some Protestant and Catholic kids come over to, you know, uh, it's just, it's brilliant. Football is just such a good, you know, if you can have a, if you can have a game of football against your enemy during a world war, anything's possible. Football is that bridge. It just, you know, it's just a brilliant game. It's a simple game. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there's been a lot of, um, 
there's a lot of example of that over the, in the history. You know, one thing that comes to my mind with those examples you give was, uh, I think, World Cup 98, and there was the USA versus Iran. And you're right, it can just bridge that. It can do all sorts, you know. There's Even if you look back to, we were talking a little bit off there about sort of school days. I mean, yeah. you could have the biggest rivals and the biggest kind of frenemies at, work, at, yeah. at, at school. But when your school played another school, you were you were yeah. one. There was some that com, yeah. um, camaraderie that, that you just can't yeah. replace, really. Yeah, and, and also in the great strike in the 1920s, uh, the strikers started playing football with the police and the government knew then that the strike would break, you know, because. Really? I never knew that. Yeah. 1921. I think that was, yeah. I say cause sold yeah. most wars, isn't it? Just put the put football down. They'll quickly get jumpers down. And before you know yeah, it, they're having it. a kick about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, you've been involved with it for a long time. Cause I saw a picture you posted the other day on your Instagram. Your Instagram's fantastic, by the way. I've been loving Thank the you. return of Martin Mutlo and the sea shanties. Absolutely. <laughs> fun. Much better than that TikTok bark. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, I, I got to say, actually, I think everyone listening to this will agree. The Coopers, the funniest family on the gram by a mile. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that down the line. But um, I saw you uh, you put a picture up of yourself and the Queen. What was that all about? It looked like an FA Cup final, yes. the way you were showing her down the line. That was when I was at Sorencester Town Juniors with with Charlie. Um, and actually, she was, uh, was a Queen impersonator. Oh, was it? <laughs> so it was brilliant. We had, we had a fun day. We had nine nine hundred people that we said we got a special guest, and people just didn't know she looks so much like the Queen. <laughs> Bentley pulled up, and she, we had a red carpet the lot, and she kind of came out. People say, "What? The? You know, it's the Queen. What's she doing here?" So oh, yeah, was that back in the God, you know, ninety four or something ridiculous. Yeah, 94, oh, 94. brilliant. That's yeah. well. As I said, the Children's Football Alliance do some great work um, and you can find out more about the Children's Football Alliance at childrensfootballalliance.com. See all the great work they do across the country and across the world. I mean, it sounds like you've been all over the place. Yeah, we're in every kind of continent now. Um, I, I mean, uh, and also things like we had kids uh, from the slums in India come over last year. So they've never been out of the city, let alone the slums, let alone going, mm. to, going to kind of Belgium. So um, we had, a, mind you, because that we didn't get European funding, which is getting smashed up by Brexit, unfortunately, mm. or, um, we had to do a, a cycle ride from uh, Kent University to Manning Gate in Belgium. So uh, I was following, I, I only managed about half and Charlie was carrying on and I was in the van behind him. <laughs> I said, do you realise he hasn't changed gear? All the way from England through France and Belgium. I don't think he'd ever been on a bike before. So I wouldn't let him step forward. So I certainly wouldn't let him play on a bike. And he was in the same gear the whole way, going up these, these hills. Oh, bless him. <laughs> on a really cheap NAF Holford's bike that I got. Everyone else had, you know, races <laughs> and that kind of stuff. You know. That's the commitment right there. Good man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's a funny old game. Um, so, Fulham, um, I'll be honest, I was surprised to hear that both you and Charlie, your son, uh, were both Fulham fans, what with you being local to the Swindon, Gloucestershire area, and with the references, of course, to Swindon in this country. Um, then again, I have been to a Swindon game, so it's not a huge surprise. Um, but where did it all start with, with you and Fulham? 
Well, not it's not hugely long ago, and it was actually Charlie that introduced me. Um, I guess it was about 15, 16 years ago or so. And he said, Dad, I, I really like the look of Fulham. Can you take me to a game? So he would have been about 14, something like that. Yeah. And we went to an evening game um, against Watford in the FA Cup. I think we won 2-0, actually. And I don't know, just walking through kind of, you know, being in Putney for a drink and walking through Bishop's Park and then by the river, you know, and going to... to um, just something magical about the ground and the people. It's just kind of love at first sight. Um, and from then on, we we supported them. You know, it was just literally just bang. You know, it was, I mean, I, it, my first professional game, I went, uh, it was 1968. Wow. Um, and and uh, Tottenham won 5-1 and Jimmy Greaves got four goals. But then I was living in North Devon and I was obsessed with my local team, Biddeford. <laughs> home and away. You know, I can still remember the the um nineteen sixty-seven um Western League winning team. You know, I mean that's that's how sad I am. Oh wow, and I know you obviously you, you have nothing a... else in seven, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and you can still of course, I mean you you you're you're them through and through, but you still have a, a bit of um because of your involvement. With, with football, you still have sort of a soft spot for kind of local teams, amateur and professional. Although I do want to just um, brag for a minute there that I did manage to just get in a joke about Swindon Town Football Club in front of Martin Mutlow and I got away with it. <laughs> yeah. but is it a case then? Do, I, do, you, <laughs> do you not joke about Fulham then? Is that is that the actual rule in real life? <laughs> That's the actual rule, yeah. No, don't joke about Fulham. Well, <laughs> we are a bit of a joke to be perfectly honest. I mean, we're all- uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, so were you, were you aware? I mean, I know you said um, it, it was kind of Charlie got you into it. That's quite similar with me and my dad, actually, because my dad originally kind of grew up in the era of, of Manchester United being kind of his a, a team he loved. And then, again, Reading back then, he might go to the odd game, but they weren't on telly. They didn't have big players. And then it wasn't until we started going that he then became, he was always a kind of a, a, a part-time Reading fan and then he became a proper Reading fan with me so it's, it's quite nice to hear that similar sort of story um and I mean were you aware of kind of Fulham's history as well because when you look at some of the players that have been at Fulham you know you mentioned earlier George Best uh, Bobby Robson Frank Penn Jimmy Hill they've had some great they've got great history yes and Johnny Haynes that probably the big the, the best of the lot uh you know George Best Bobby Moore um Rodney Marshall yeah, Bobby kind of, Moore. which was there twice uh, and Alan Clark Remember Sniffer Clark from Leeds United? He was there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've had some really good, but but we were kind of always a selling club, and kind of, except for Johnny Haynes, who, who who was only, you know, just just played. And George Cohen, obviously, from the World Cup winning team. Um, and, you know, he he was the only player that, uh, you know, he lifelong club at, at, um, at Fulham. So, but they've always been a bit under the radar, haven't they? It's, it's never been, they, they were kind of, I think this, I read somewhere through their history. If you look at their whole history, we're kind of a middling uh, championship team, right? Mm-hmm. About the, all that, you know, if you take them the last 50 years or whatever, you know. 
Well, I was going to say there's there's been quite a bit of success over the last decade or so, or so from um, you know championship promotions to you know Europa Cup finals. But let's talk about more recently your victory against Brentford, um, a good Brentford side as well in in what was really a derby in the 2020 playoff finals. How was it not being able to go to Wembley for that? Um, I mean, it was it would have been an incredible game, especially as I said, it was a, it's yeah. a derby. I mean, it's great to experience it your team getting promoted but how, how was it watching from the comfort of your home bloody brilliant because if we'd gone there and Brentford won <laughs> I couldn't have I really couldn't have handled that and I, I thought Brentford would win to be perfectly honest you know I, th- I thought they were a really good team but I mean you know I mean I, there are obviously our arch enemies but um, I think it's an incredibly run club they just keep you know, and I, I thought they played the best football and they beat us twice in the league. Um, but, um, you know, Parker has just kind of seemed to have kind of learned so much uh, at the kind of at tail end of last season because that was the, you know, we, we were... The first game after lockdown was Brentford at home and we lost 2-0, um, you know, so... Uh, but Parker has just kind of come on leaps and bounds. It wasn't a great season last season. You know, we were, mm. weren't playing particularly good football. And I think, you know, he, he did really, really well. And he, and he seemed to have a bit of a plan B. He could change it, you know. Um, yeah. And he's come on leaps and bounds since he's been in the in the Premiership. Um, and I think, you know, some of the players he had, um, you know, I think I think he's done well considering some of the players, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good game for neutral. I mean, I mean that free kick from Brian, who I've, I like Brian at left back. I've followed his yeah. career since his days at Bristol City. So I've got a few Bristol City friends. And he, yeah, I mean, that was wonderfully done. And that was, as you were saying, um, that was Parker's tactic. You can see he kind of gave yeah. him the nod to do that. And what a free kick. What a free yeah, kick. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, Charlie and I were watching on TV together. Just went absolutely ballistic. Yeah, and then when the <laughs> second goal went in, I mean, that was just relief. But yeah, I mean, I to, to think about going to Wembley, losing to them and being there would have, would have, had, you know, I've, I had a heart attack five years ago. I think that would have <laughs> ended me. I think it would have been the second time. I've, second time. I've been to see Reading play three times at Wembley and I've seen them lose three times at Wembley. It's, it's a bad, oh. it costs so much and there's so much build up. Yeah. I mean, oh. the last time I it was 2017, and it was one that it was, it was still to this day the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. We lost on penalty shootout, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something bizarre about. You beat the semis, didn't you? That's yeah. Yeah, that was that was that year, and then I remember there's nothing weirder than um, being in a crowd which is split, you know, fifty thousand, fifty thousand, and you being stood with fifty thousand people in complete silence complete mm. silence while you get 50,000 the roar of 50,000 people on the other side there's nothing worse than that I, I, I can't believe what it I mean I we were there at the playoff final against Villa um, the next year it was the next year wasn't it and that was just the best experience absolutely unbelievable yeah. um, uh, Charlie was at the, the Portsmouth game when they, they stayed up when there's that miracle run to stay up um, uh, but um, and he says they were probably on a par, those two games. Wow, no, I bet. That's the thing. Sometimes, but then had they not won, it would have probably gone down as the worst experience. That's the thing. It can make or break. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt sorry for the Villa fans after. I just thought, Jesus, what, what must it feel like, you know? Yeah, it's bad. Uh, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's got to be, yeah. 
but I did I did see on, on social media on the night you you at home with Charlie it looked like a good night um um and I've seen on social media as well on his, on his that he, he's managed to get down to Craven Cottage quite a bit um do you manage to get there much yourself yeah we're season ticket holders he, oh, cool. he goes more than um than I do um uh and we we try and go away as well it's fa- it's funny it's all been about you know, when Fulham had their best run in Europa, we had no money, absolutely no money. Mm. So we none of the European games. Couldn't certainly couldn't afford to go out to Hamburg. Um, so the only games we saw, we saw about two League Cup games because you could get in for a tenner. I was, you know, just going for a real crisis, financial crisis at the time. Um, so that was really weird. I think we lost to Wickham at home. <laughs> in the League Cup if I, after extra time if I remember rightly getting back at about kind of one o'clock and you know uh, and then having to go to work the next morning um, so yeah um, but we, you know, we we try and go together and we, we go to quite a few away games you know go up by train that kind of stuff you know just just oh, I just miss it so much yeah I mean you know I've, I've been to the ground but I've not been there for a game um, what is the atmosphere like um, and how would you feel if they announced tomorrow? Because it's, it's such an iconic ground as well, with it being the cottage. Um, mm. With them being a London club, there is always that chance that they've had big investment before, but you, before you know it, you could have someone with billions and billions pump money into there. How would you feel if, if they announced that they were going to do what they did with Brentford and that is sort of, you know, knock down the whole the whole place and build a new stadium? Do you think that would ruin the, the atmosphere and would it ruin the ethos of the club a bit? Yeah, well, I mean, we're building the new stand, the Riverside stand, um, which was kind of 70s, a bit antiquated. Um, the Johnny Haynes stand is is um, uh, listed, uh, is it two, um, level two or whatever, listed building or, or yeah. whatever they call it. So, so you can't knock it down. So I think that the whole reason that they're building the Riverside means they're going to stay there, you know. And I think there's there's flats in it and all sorts, you know, and and um, and what's going to be also good is now that you can walk all the way along the river now. So there'll be there'll be access to the river before you couldn't. You had to kind of go around the ground, but now you can walk uh, past the ground on the river, which is really nice. So um, you know they're they're certainly investing for the future there. I, I can't I can't you know fault um, uh, the chairman. So you know. That's good. I think. I think if you, I think it's fine to extend a, a ground. But when they, because I feel a bit sad for Brentford because I've been to Griffin Park before. I wanted to go there before they knocked it down. And there's something sad about it just being gone and then moving a mile up the road. And having and, four pubs on each, you know, pub on yeah. each <laughs> ground. I mean, geez, that's good. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and it, it looks a bit odd. I, I must admit, I'm not sure what they're doing with their seats there, all these different colours seats. I think it's to make up the fact they don't get people yeah, in there, so it looks like it's a classic. It's a classic ground, isn't it? Just, just. I mean, I I went there once to watch um, uh, Ron Harris used to play for him. Chopper oh, Harris, course. yeah, yeah. Who who came and and coached our um, this country team in the charity match last year? He, oh, brilliant! Chopper Harris gave us a <laughs> gave us a team talk. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a character. My to be honest, I could imagine Martin Motlow being friends with Chopper Harris. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, so, I played in goal for a bit with and Charlie did in a charity game a couple of years ago. And Razor Ruddock was our manager. So oh, was wow. Match of the Titans. 
yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I'll tell you something we do on this podcast is what I, I do is to prove that I've done some sort of research into a club, I like to hit you with some emergency facts. So I'm mm. going to hit a fact and then you might have heard it before, you might not have done. Um, so I've got three here that I'll spread out. Um, so here's one. Did you know Fulham's first ground was called the Half Moon, which I think is a great name for a stadium, and they played there for just four years between 1891 and 1895? Right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I think they had. I think their shirts were a bit like Blackburn Rovers, if I remember right. Yeah, something like that. But th- there you go. But there's a yeah, back in the nice time one. you could have a ground for four years, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and isn't is isn't one I thought was really interesting. Do you know the only player that has represented Fulham in each of the top four leagues in English football? So from League Two all the way up to what is what they're now called is League Two up till Premier League. Do you know the one footballer? Who's who's played in all four? Um, it's not yeah. as long as ago as you think. Davis. That's it, Sean Davis. Yeah. yeah. 1996 to 2004. That's that's pretty cool. I was quite impressed with yeah, that. Yeah. It's a funny old game. This country. Uh, now, this country, a huge success, a brilliant show. So successful, in fact, that I'm sure there are this country fans listening to this podcast who don't even like football. That's how big it is. Um, but for you, it was your first kind of proper acting role. And I'm fascinated. I've always wanted to ask this. Um, I'm fascinated to know what did the conversation go like? We're making a sitcom and we want you to play the peeping Tom. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of came in, it was going to be a smaller part. And Daisy said that she wanted to, um, you know, I kind of said, well, what, you know, what's it, you know, what, what's the part like? She said, well, you, you know, you, you look a bit like me, so why don't you give it a go? And um, so I said, well, what voice do you want me to do? What? And they said, well, I'll tell you what, go on YouTube and listen to um, the police interviews with Fred West. Oh, I did. And he's really, really calm, telling the most horrendous stuff, but in a calm voice. And, and that's kind of what the voice I, I did, really. And I did a kind of screen test and the producer and director said, yeah, that's fine. So and the character built a bit from there. So I was thrown in. Yeah, the, the first filming was was um, the peeping Tom in the caravan. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Excuse me. I didn't know what was going it's on. Fair, it's fine. It's you know this this was all new to me, you know it's just bizarre, um, but it just loved it. I so enjoyed it. You know, I bet. I mean, it's great that you go you know going to a BBC sitcom and uh, do you know what? I was my my next question was was the character based on anybody you knew? But that is kind of already answered that with Fred. Yes, yeah. I think every I think every town every village has got a Martin Mucklow. I mean, they're just guys walking around. You say, yeah, he's a, he's a Mucklow. You know? I mean, like I said, I live in Swindon, so there's plenty of them walking around. Mm. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's fun. now. I, now you mention it, it reminds me. The voice actually does remind me of when Dominic Dominic West played him in that ITV oh, yes. drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, those those, um, those Swindon shirts of Kerry's are they actually hers? And if so, did she not fancy Fulham? She she's she's not into she's not into um, uh, football, but they wanted a you know a local football thing. So it was going to be because it was based. They thought either Cheltenham Town, but it, mm. I don't, um, or Sirencester Town, or and then they 
have thought, well, Swindon is is really the kind of the one. But Daisy doesn't doesn't really have any interest in football. <laughs> that's mad, but Daisy's not really. Yeah, it was just that kind of local connection, you know. So. No, it's nicely done. It is nicely done. Yeah. I mean, um, my uh, the reason I live in Swindon is my wife's from Swindon, and I thought I'd, I'd share this story with you because obviously Daisy's become so. Um, the, the, her shirts have become so iconic. Um, when we got married, uh, we decided we were going to do a little present for each other in the morning. We said, you know, we'll leave each other a present. You know, I sent mine with her, with her, um, uh, her, uh, you know, her bridesmaids to open, and she left mine with the best man. And we both told each other what we wanted. You know, what would you want? And she said, do you know, what? I really want this. Um, it was his handbag, quite expensive. She went, I'm really into these handbags. I really like this sort of design. So. Like a good husband, I um, husband to be, I went and bought her one, and she said, "What would you want?" And I'm and I'm quite into my my football shirts. I have quite a football shirt collection, and I said, "You know what? I've always wanted a 1995 Auto Trader sponsored Reading shirt. It's <laughs> it's and it's a bit expensive, but mm. I really really want one." And um, so you know, I I I, I, I bought her a present what she wanted. I sent it to her, and on the morning of my wedding, I opened it up, and um, and what she bought me was a 1995 Swindon shirt instead. And she just left a little note, something that said and reminded me that I'm in Swindon now. <laughs> You're stuck yeah. here forever. <laughs> so I've got this really nice 1995 yeah. Swindon shirt, like a classic, a real retro <laughs> special, which I used to clean the car, you know. <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean, th- this country came to an end uh, last March, and let's be honest, it was the end of the world. No, really, I mean, it ended, and we went into lockdown a week later. So, yeah, yeah. the effect yeah. it has. Um, yeah. So, it's, so it's finished. But are you continuing um, on this acting journey? I saw you appearing in an independent film called Toast. So, is it something you're carrying on with the acting? I'm trying to, yeah. Um, but it's it's quite it's just difficult because I think obviously you know straight after you know COVID's come along so all the actors really kind of there's so many chasing so few so you know I've, I've done yeah the short film and I, we're doing another one um, another short film um, a serious one about hoarding which sounds a bit sounds a bit depressing. Well, you do a lot of work with 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 hoarding, don't you? As, yeah, that's my uh, kind, of job. So kind of job. Yeah, short short film. Um, about that so so um but yeah I'm always open but the, yeah so I I kind of those roles weren't coming uh so I'm trying to I mean I hope you know maybe if if the kids you know um write something in the future then maybe hopefully maybe a little thing apart from me I don't know you know who knows well, you know, yeah, I mean, we were we were very sad to see this country end, as millions of others were. But what I think is great is you've kept Martin Mutlow alive through Instagram. Um, yeah, the sea shanties have just been brilliant, and the whole Alan's wife thing, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, so we're taking Martin on the road next. Oh, well, this yeah, year, hopefully. So, um, so we're in Sirencester, a uh, couple of gigs um, in Cainsham near Bristol. Uh, we're in London at the 100 Club, you know, um, on Oxford Street, where the Sex Pistols, the Clash have played, and Martin Mucklow's going to... Because you do so play, don't you? You do, you do play instruments. I do, but it, but I'm, and I'm playing another gig there, um, but that's just a music gig, but this is just the, the comedy stand-up with, with Martin, you know. Um, um, we're playing in Hall- uh, Halifax. Yeah. 
and Nottingham. Um, I think that's a lot of comments. So we, we just got just just to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, friendly with um, uh, the guy who does uh, Clinton Baptiste, and I went to see mm. him. And, and of course, Clinton Baptiste was from um, you know uh, Phoenix Knights. Phoenix Knights, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was about twenty years ago, <laughs> and he was a fairly minor part, and I'm a fairly minor part in a in a, in a comedy that's just been. So I thought, and he was selling out all over the place, you know, um, you know, six months tour. So I thought, well, let's just give it a little bit of a go, just see what you know what happens. Yeah, brilliant. You know, so um, that's the thing. So it will be, it will be, it will be interesting. Probably oh, brilliant. The, I think it's going to be a lot of ab lib, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of this country was from from the looks of it. I saw that um, you've you've got it on your Twitter at the moment. Think pinned to the top. There was a, a deleted scene that you ad libbed, mm. yeah, uh, which is just brilliant. So I mean. It, plenty of that on tour i mean there's going to be it sounds like it's going to be really good fun to go and see them um how can we get uh tickets for that i'll make sure i mention it at the end again obviously for people yeah. to get tickets to um, um yeah the, the the main one uh the, i think the only one that the only one where tickets are still on sale at present is halifax which is the lantern i think that's on the 25th of may hopefully i mean if, if it's still open and we've got two gigs at Sirencester, the Sundial Theatre. Yeah, I know Com- Sundial. The 20th and the 21st, I think, of August, Friday and Saturday. Friday sold out, but there's tickets still, a few tickets still left for the Saturday, I think. Oh, brilliant. Because I don't I don't know if I've got this wrong, but we talked a little bit about Newbury and West Berkshire before. Did you play the A-Space once or twice before? No, I haven't. No, I mean I was in a band in nineteen between nineteen seventy five and eighty two. I was in a band uh, called Relay. Okay, it's from Newbury, and we used to play a kind of Reading, London, that kind of stuff, kind of mod kind of era, you know, new wave. Oh, cool. So we kind of played um, the Target was in the Target. Was, I, I don't know. When that got knocked down, the target. I know what you mean, yeah. Under the Min's Music, I, uh, under the Butts Centre. I used to work at Min's Music in the Butts Centre. Uh, my first job, I got £800 a year. That's wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, and um, Corn, Corn Exchange in Newbury. But we played a lot, really, kind of London. You know, played Dingles, places like that. Mm-hmm. I did actually do a comedy gig back in the 80s. That's the only stand-up I've done. Um, and that was, I was working for an electronics company and there was a pro-am, um, uh, stand-up thing at, uh, Jonglers in, in London. Yeah. Which I, uh, that was about 18, 1985, I think. <laughs> That's the last time I've been on stage, you know, doing any comedy. So. Oh man. In fact, my last, my last gig before lockdown, the first one was, do you know the Purple Turtle in Reading? Oh yes, yeah. That was my last stand-up gig. Was there just before lockdown? Wow! Right, okay. And it was all normally a good night, but because it was so close to uh, lockdown, I think we had eight people in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so you you want to keep the acting going, and uh, you, you're keeping Martin Mutlow alive. So, I, I, w- I would like to right now. I'd like to pitch a film idea to you. Yeah, I want to pitch yeah. a film. So, okay. Do you okay. know? Do you know the Rise of the Foot Soldier film series? 
I yeah, I've 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 seen a few clips on YouTube. The football hooligans. I think they're on film twenty eight at the moment. Something like that. Right. It's, it's, so I want to I want to propose. What about Rise of the Foot Soldier? Rise of the Peeping Tom, where Martin Mutlow, a Swindon ultra, goes around the country with the Swindon hooligans. Gypsy rules, of course. He doesn't throw a yeah. petrol bomb until someone's thrown a punch, or maybe he doesn't even <laughs> attend the games. Maybe he waits until they're all out, then take care. Then he takes care of the the wives when he goes around the country. You know, he's got a lady at Forest Green, a missus at Crew Alexandra, that sort of thing. I think it's a hit. It sounds it sounds a winner. Yeah, I'll, I'll go halves on the writing with you. They're about that. <laughs> there we go. We'll do it. Mandy's up for it if you if you turn it down. She's already up there. Right. <laughs> it's a funny old game. Comedians talking about football. Um, right, I'm gonna. So this is a, a question I want to ask you, which is um, something I ask all our uh, all our guests, and it's. Uh, Imagine you're putting together a five-a-side football team. I'm sure you, you do that in, in your work with the Children's Football Alliance, you know, and it's a celebrity team you're putting together. And I want it to be comprised of uh, Fulham players, but not the Fulham players you might think of. You know, you wouldn't, not not necessarily like Scott Parker, Berbatov, players like that. I want a, a five-a-side team of unsung heroes. So players who maybe didn't get a chance at, at Fulham, maybe players who people don't necessarily think of straight away when you think of Fulham. Um, yeah. So who would your... Who would your five-a-side team be? The kind of dodgy Fulham players. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I can't remember. Oh, God. Um, I can't, I'm terrible with names. We had a goalkeeper who was really small. Um, around about 2000. I can't remember his name. Um, but he was, I don't know. He was, he was. We had the, the guy who had the, who wore the tracksuit bottoms. He was at Crystal Palace as well. Again, I, I just remember. Oh, um. I know who you mean. Uh, yeah, he was he kind of, not that he was a hero. I mean, not that he was a particular hero. But that's a, that uh, is the sort of people we're looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it uh, Killery? Was that it? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Gabor Killery. Let me check if it's him. That's it. Yeah. Gabor, Gabor Killery. Yeah. I, I Googled imaged him. First picture that came up is just him and a load of uh, joggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a very good, not a good player, but Simon Elliott. Okay. Zealand player kind of midfield he was um oh uh we had the guy from the states who was uh, johnson i think his name was and he was he was he really didn't have a clue he looked like kind of a non-league player but i mean he, he kind of even played we had him in the in the uh uh premiership i really was, uh, he was there in the premiership was he eddie johnson something like eddie. that from the states who, who really was poor um <laughs> lee cook who came from qpr the big rivals and got injured never played who lee came Co- from oh, our rivals yeah. qpr and uh never, i don't think he ever played a game and then he got kind of transferred or or, or something got in, injured and we bought him when he was injured because we, we seem to like uh Buying players that are injured. <laughs> I'm just saying that now. So Eddie Johnson, he made 19 appearances for Fulham, but he was there yes. for um, he was there for four years. <laughs> made... Yes, I mean he was. Um, was um, Eddie Cucci uh, as well? He was another striker. I got loads of strikers. He was pretty again and bought in the Premiership, you know, era. Um, and he was pretty. He was pretty ropey. 
it's it's funny you you get those absolute gems and you get four or five around and you think who scouted this you know why would you get this player in you know have you not watched him you know i mean it's, i mean i'm no expert but it's quite incredible how many is that i've got then that's five right there do you know what this is my favorite question i ask because it, when you first ask it you go that's a strange question why wouldn't you want five legends but when you get them together you realize what a funny five-a-side team they make and you yeah. look at players like yeah. i've just um put lee cook up um on google and i found that he was there from 2007 to 2009 and he made a total of zero appearances for fulham yeah <laughs> amazing he ended up on loan at uh, ended, ended up at eastley there's where he ended up. There we go. Yeah, so keep your a... pants down there. <laughs> so there's your five-a-side the team um, of, uh, of dodgy Fulham players, we'll call them. Uh, that's brilliant. Perfect. Just what we were looking for. But now I want you to get another five-a-side team of players to play against them, but they need to consist of five characters from this country. Right. Well, um, three of them actually played in a, in a half-played football in a game so right. I think I have those so that was um, myself Martin Mucklow yeah. and I was in there's nothing much gets past me <laughs> um, Burton, who just kind of wafts around midfield uh, Daisy was actually doing um, uh, as as Kerry was doing the uh, commentary live and, and she called him pot noodle because his legs were so thin uh, the, the other guy who played from the cast was was not a very big role pc weber so i have him in the team okay pc weber um i'll definitely have mandy in it yeah uh, and ashley mcguire who plays mandy's a big chelsea fan oh brilliant that's a bit of a rivalry <laughs> um, that's four isn't it yeah um the coat the coaches for the day uh the two managers for the day uh when we had the uh, this country charity game with the vicar and Len. Oh, and I think the vicar came kind of dressed in shorts and looked a bit natty, poor Chahidi. I think he can play a bit, but he he kind of just said he'd be on the sideline. But I think he, I think he should have been on that pitch that day. To be oh, so Vic, Vic, we'll get vicar on then. But he's yeah, not insured. We must remember that. Yeah, uh, of course. I lo- <laughs> I love I love in that because I like like I said I'm quite into my football shirts I've got quite a collection and it, something brilliant about in that episode when Kerry gets injured playing football that he's wearing an early 90s Premier League referee shirt and I just thought where do you find that that was so funny that he was wearing oh the costume department are brilliant you know I mean there's just some props and stuff like that that that's why they pay you know get in those jobs I mean they, they come up with some absolute crackers yeah oh, brilliant so so good um right let's have another let's have another fulham uh emergency fact um so did you know that this is quite an interesting one especially as we, we were just talking about mandy um henry norris who acted as chairman of fulham through the early 1900s rejected an offer to relocate fulham to where stamford bridge lies today uh, the man who tabled the offer to him put put the idea out there, Guy Mears, because Fulham rejected it, he subsequently formed Chelsea Football Club instead. So what could have been? God, what could have been? The Mears family, they they were in Chelsea for years, weren't they? Brian was, was another one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, what? Oh, that just doesn't bear thinking of. Not being by the river. Oh, you've got to be by you've got to have You've got to have a football team. Uh, ground by the Thames that's the only 
Yeah. It's only proper thing to do, isn't it? Exactly that. Exactly that. Paul Cooper, you come on. Comedians talking about football. You claim to be a Fulham FC fan, but you're going to have to test it with the 10 questions sudden death challenge. Uh, will you take the challenge? I'll take the challenge, but I'll be shit. <laughs> so here we go. The first question. Um, did you say you were good with dates or bad with dates? Terrible. Shocking. <laughs> uh, uh, up until kind of the early 70s, I remembered every kind of FA Cup but after that, yeah. Well, here we go. This is, I think it's going to be quite a tricky one, to be honest. I've looked at questions, but um, as I said, the wor- if you get over one, you won't be bottom of the table. So that's fine. We have had someone go out on one, so no mm. problem at all. Um, so question one, in what year were the club formed? Was it 1887, 1884, 1879 or 1876? 1879. Do I like that? Correct. Um, where did the club first play their home matches Star Road Purser's Cross or West Brompton the first one do I like that Star Road correct so that you're not bottom of the table we're all good which uh, which team did Fulham buy Edwin van der Sar from in 2001 was it Juventus Lazio Inter Milan or Fiorentina Juventus do I like that correct you're now a joint with Arsenal fan, Tottenham fan, and a Man United fan. So you're good. You're doing good. Um, which this is see, this is quite a, a tricky one, I think. In which season did Fulham first play in the Football League? Was it 1911-12 season, 1899-00 season, as in 1900 season, 1907-1908, or 1903-1904? 1903-1904. It's the wrong answer, I'm afraid. It was 1907. Right, okay. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. The three out, three out of ten is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the fourth. Sudden death. Sudden death. We have ten oh, questions. I <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon. Sorry. You don't go away empty-handed because uh, everyone who comes on, they t- if they take as long as they take the challenge then they leave with a, uh, a Fulham classic football shirt. So I will send over to you a football shirt, uh, obviously, a Fulham shirt. And uh, it's from, I think it's from 2010. I've left it downstairs. I should have it with me. I'm unprepared. Mm-hmm. But um, if you want me over address, I'll uh, I'll send one out for you for coming on the podcast, as I really appreciate oh, that's you really coming kind. on. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, yeah, thank you very much. Best of luck with everything going forward, uh, especially with the new um, the the independent film Toast. I want to keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, filmed in Swindon and Highworth, so a local um, Ollie Rogers, a local um, director in in Swindon, young director. So keeping it local. Fantastic. That's what we like to see. That's what we like to see. Um, and of course, keep up the sea shanties as well. These songs are absolutely hilarious. If it's all right with you, we might play out on one. If that's all right, absolutely. Be my guest. Paul, uh, thank you so much, mate. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Sam. Thank you so much.
Thanks again to Paul Cooper. What a top guy. What a top guy. And don't forget to follow him on social media, especially on Instagram, where you'll see a lot more Martin Mucklow. Uh, his handle is pu- uh, at paul57cooper. So, yeah, give him a follow. You can also find out about the great work he does for the National Children's Football Alliance at childrensfootballalliance.co.uk. And also keep an eye on his social media for tickets to see Martin Mucklow live. That show sounds great. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I'll see you next time when our guest will be comedy legend Mike Fenton-Stevens. And along with chatting about his time on iconic sitcoms such as Only Fools and Horses, Outnumbered and One Foot in the Grave, we'll be chatting about his many years as a Man United fan and an iconic story about him meeting Eric Cantona that you really don't want to miss. Until then, I've been Sam Michael. Follow me on Twitter at SamJMichael and I'll see you later. This is a sea shanty, all the rage. This is a tale of a maiden so fair. The first time I met her had come in her hair. She looked at me and started to flirt. I gave her the full works and then she did squirt with a hoe. Hey, merry old Mart. Roger me senseless until I fart. Alan is looking at the king of the peepers, and then it's one or two points down at the keepers. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.